Hello and welcome to the Theology Meets Reality podcast, the podcast for people who seek to follow Christ in the midst of the messiness of life and parenting. We are Lisa and Greg Castanier, and we're not afraid to deviate from the norm of culture, even Christian culture, to make sure that we're applying what we believe about God to how we live. This is season two of our podcast, where we're talking about finding hope in suffering. This is a difficult but important topic that we want to cover because distinguishing what God has to say on suffering compared to what we hear from the culture will give us help for our own suffering and the grace and power to help others. One of the beautiful truths about suffering is that God enters into it with us. And many times it's through the cracks of pain in our lives that God's light shines the brightest. In this episode, episode 12, we're talking about the whys and hows of suffering. Whatever difficult thing we're going through, we often want to know why God has allowed us to suffer. And in all suffering, we need to know simply how to endure it. Today, we're thinking about those questions to consider what scripture says in relation to culture. Let's get into it. Hi, Lisa. What's going on, Greg? Oh, you know, life. (laughs) Here we're back at it, talking about suffering again, and trying to be um, hopeful in it and it, yeah, uplifting. It can be easy to be hopeful. Um, there's lots of hope to see in suffering. Um, I've got our QOTP, our quote of the podcast, ready for us. Okay. You ready? Yep. Okay. Our quote of the day today is from Flannery O'Connor, and she said... What people don't realize is how much religious religion costs. They think faith is a big electric blanket when of course it is the cross. So Flannery O'Connor, for people who are not familiar with her, she was a Catholic author who lived in the South in the 1900s and she only lived at 39. She was a pretty prolific author. And in this quote, she says, when people don't realize is how much religion costs, they think faith is a big electric blanket when, of course, it's the cross. I really like this quote. Obviously, I like all of the quotes I'll be sharing. Yeah, obviously. Um, <laughs> they didn't make it into the book for no. uh, you not liking it. Yeah. Um, in her quote, she's talking about like doubts and faith and arguing that it's actually either easier to not believe than it is to believe. Um, contrary to people's opinion that like, oh, religion is your crutch and it's because you're not thinking and stuff like that. And she's kind of arguing. Hmm. It's easier to not believe than believe. But I like to think about the quote a different way. And I'm allowed to do that. Basically, I like the idea of people think faith is a big electric blanket when of course it's the cross. I see that as like our expectations coming into Christianity. It's kind of like, it's going to be all good and comfort and happy. Yeah. It's going to be warm and fuzzies the whole time through. Right. Yeah. And it's not, that's not exactly what Jesus said. Right. Where do we get this concept? Oh, you know, the people who, you know, at the, throughout all denominations, there are people who stand up and that's like kind of what they portray um and it you know the as we talked about last time i believe it was when we were talking about like the the perception that like if you have suffering like it's it's not because that's what your life will be like as a christian it's because you've done something wrong and it's a, like a punishment or you're not living your faith 
well enough and so as a result it's um you know things are going bad for you because you just don't believe well like hard enough yeah i think it's actually part of like our maturity in faith is to recognize how much how difficult it is um like as we grow and that it is the cross like flannery o'connor says yeah and that maturity comes from uh suffering and going through the difficulties of life and coming out the other side with stronger faith for having gone through it. Right. And of course, Jesus makes it clear that we'll suffer and that we need to take up our cross and we need to count the cost and all those things. I think it's just easy. I know I want to like skip over those verses and go to like happier ones. Yeah. But um, yeah, I thought it was kind of a good quote to get us into kind of what we're covering today. This is going to be our last podcast on this season about hope and suffering. So in this one podcast, we're going to try to touch on the questions of suffering, specifically why we suffer and how we suffer. And I know that's quite ambitious for one podcast, but... We promise it won't be like an eternity long. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) hopefully. (laughs) But I was just going to like remind everybody and remind us and me because like my I my desire sometimes is to like go a little overboard with like it's frustrating to me to have like a limited amount of time and not be able to perfect everything. But the goal of our podcast is not actually to completely cover any topic. It's to provoke thinking, like provoke our thinking and the listeners thinking and understanding. So we're not just walking blindly along never considering these things and whether or not we're aligned with scripture. Right. And to, and to provide like a starting point for your own continued thought on it, that exactly you, know, you we're simply a starting off point, um, and a good, I hope, um, conversation starter, you know, you can talk with other people about it and, yeah, one of the reasons we started this podcast is because we were frustrated watching people who seem to not be thinking through their faith or engaging in their faith, but just kind of following along. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully, like I know for sure that this has helped provoke our thoughts, so that we're making this podcast, and so hopefully you guys listening will be thoughtful as well. So that said... We always go to the Bible first. And what does the Bible say about why we suffer? So if you want to have a um, a comprehensive biblical understanding with a whole list of verses of why we suffer, I have a summary for our reasons of suffering from Elizabeth Elliot's book called A Path Through Suffering. And she has pages of why we suffer and then verses underneath them. So let me give you just like the four categories. I think there's four categories that she has with many things underneath. So she says, we suffer for our own sake. We suffer for the sake of God's people. We suffer for the sake of the world and we suffer for Christ. And then underneath each of those categories, she has more specific things and then verses to back them up. So it's kind of like, if you want to really ask the question, why are we suffering and have us some verses to give you an answer. And that's what you're looking for. Like <laughs> that's, that's what we can go to. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I'm not really sure that's what people actually want when we wonder why is this happening? 
I'm not sure that will appease us just to have a list of, well, we're suffering for the world's sake, as you can see in this incense. Yeah, well, that may not be what they want, but that's certainly, like, helpful. Um, you know, because it, it, be. it is, it's grounded in scripture. Oh, yeah, for sure. The, the danger is to swing too far away and you end up with something like karma and it's like oh it's because i cut off somebody and got in line or whatever you know took a parking spot or something and this is the universe's retribution or other nonsense like that yeah absolutely so that's always where our starting point is is going to scripture and um the bible gives a lot of different reasons for why we suffer and suffering should be expected one thing that's kind of interesting to think about with regards to elizabeth elliott's list is you know, it says we suffer for the world, we suffer for ourselves, etc. One of the questions we could ask is, is God causing suffering for these purposes? Or is God taking something broken and then using it for his purposes? Right. That's a whole nother issue. Another yeah. question that we can consider, ponder. I'm sure there's like, you know, theses written on that. You know, yeah. it's like a very, very big topic. Uh, that you could probably spend a lot of time looking into. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and that's something that as we grow to know God better, that will help our, help our hearts to just like understand him better. And though in a limited way, which we're going to kind of talk about too. I know that when I'm suffering in a significant way, I can understand that God will use it for my good and for the good of others. Like during periods of difficulty, it's like, yes, I, I acknowledge that the, like God can do good things with this and he will, but that's often not helpful for me in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It, I don't know if it is for other people, but for me, like after the fact, I can be like, oh yes, I see how God is using this. And I'm like, blessed that I have this experience or what God did or the maturity I had or whatever. But in the moment, like that doesn't help my suffering. Right. No, <laughs> I don't it, know if it helps other people. I mean, not probably, you know, like you said, not in the moment, most likely, um, cause you're just trying to get through it. And I, well, I'm sure there are some people who are quite humble before God and they like have the presence to like give thanks in the moment. Like, thank you for, the, you know, this present suffering that's working a good for you know working things for good or making me more like christ or whatever but yeah. for the most people for most people it's probably just like you know why is this happening yeah and i mean i i have done that in practice but it doesn't i guess it is it it will um, it is helpful to do when you're suffering um but it doesn't resolve it like the way we want it to be resolved does that make sense uh <laughs> Just that you, you know, it doesn't get you any answers. You don't know why. It doesn't make the suffering go away. Right. No. Yeah. Um, I'm going to bring up a couple good resources in this podcast. If you're looking for a good resource that helps bring together things that are seem diametrically opposed, like the whole question of if God's able to change this difficult circumstance, why doesn't he do something? Either he doesn't care or he isn't able. Is, are those your two possibilities? No, of course, those are not the only two possibilities that he doesn't carry or he isn't able. 
if you're looking for kind of like a really, really theologically sound deep dive into understanding like these bigger issues of suffering, like God's sovereignty and God's care and stuff like that, I would recommend Trusting God by Jerry Bridges. It's really thorough. It's very compassionate. It's well done. I will say I read it during some really difficult months and it took me a long time to read the book because it was hard for me to read while I was suffering. And that could just be me, but I just wanted somebody to tell me like everything was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And this book was not that. In <laughs> fact, it was like a lot of, hey, we're made to suffer. These are more examples of suffering. People suffer. And it it wasn't, it was, it was all true. It was just difficult for me to deal with in suffering. So I feel like, I mean, people are different. Some people might appreciate that a lot in their suffering. Um, it wasn't the warm hug that I needed, but it's yeah. an excellent book and a resource. I think um, I would do better with it, not during a period of suffering, but anyway, I would definitely recommend it. It's very thorough. The so, type of thing to read to prepare you for when you are in suffering kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Okay. And it does, but I mean, it does have questions in it and stuff and it had, there was a lot to grapple with. It was just a lot. It felt like, more on top of my suffering like to grapple with how is god you know experiencing god's love in the midst of suffering and all kinds of big questions but i'd still really recommend it so that's trusting god by jerry bridges um and i know a lot of times when we suffer like we want to know why and of course i think a lot of times when we see other people suffer we want to know why because we care for other people and i think that even though the question we ask is why that's not really the desire of our heart I think we're often wondering if God is really good or if God is really there or does he really care? Or maybe we're asking, how long will this last? Will it get better? I think it really often isn't a question of why, but of who. Do you think that's true? Like, I feel like that's what people really want to know. These are the bigger questions. Who, who in relation to what? Like who caused this? Who is God? Who am I? What does love look like? Can love include suffering? Where is God? Because I think when I'm going through, and it's maybe it's just me, because I think I'm not really naturally inclined to say why, like some people are. Um, but if I'm going through some really difficult thing, and you're like, oh, well, I know, for some reason I could get the right answer. Somebody could tell me, hey, the reason that you're suffering is because... God has this plan for you and you need to go through this because of that. I don't know that it would make it that much better. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Like, yeah. Why couldn't I just, what you, why do I have to go through this valley to get, you know, back up over there to where God wants me to be? Like, why can't I just go straight there? Do you ask like the why? Cause I think I usually have more questions like, is God there? you know, how long will this last? Can I endure it? How does he love me? How can he love me? But at the same time, we're going through this or do you know what I mean? Or do you ask why? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I ask, yeah, yeah. Why would I not ask why? Because I don't know. It, it, it just, it's hard in the midst. And you like, you know, it's a pretty dark tunnel sometimes that you're in, and mm-hmm. you're, sometimes it's so dark you can't see the light at the other end of the tunnel that, you know, of how long this is going to be and mm-hmm. how much longer do you have to endure? Like, what, 
what is this? Why is this happening? You know, like, you know, we've had a couple things um, that were a bit of a challenge, and I never doubted that God is good in the midst of those things, but I certainly wondered, like, why? Like, hmm. you know, in relate, like, when our son had the brain tumor and you know it's like why why like why is it interesting because i was like and that question's not going to help me no that's how that's kind of that was my perspective at the same situation like there i had a lot of other questions yeah lots and lots of questions like i didn't i was like why no knowing why won't make it better i guess that's kind of what i was thinking well i'm not i'm not asking it to make me feel better or anything i just I just kind of want to know. Interesting. Because um, it's not going to help anything. It's still happening. I just want to feel better. Oh, well, <laughs> I just... Uh, it's not going to help me feel any better. But I, you know... Like, you know, it could be like, oh, well, it's, you know... Like, you had that car accident because... Like, you know... That person needed to learn a lesson about, you know, not being on their phone or you know, about yielding to a yellow light or something, you know, that's not going to help me know why the thing happened. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, I wonder why. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the Bible has a lot to say about a lot of our questions, like why and who is God and what does love look like and all that stuff. And then the difficulty lies is that our experience and our feelings, which are both real and valid, like don't line up with what we read in scripture, right? So, yeah. yeah. And I think that's kind of like, wait, this, I see what scripture says and I believe it's true, but like my experience and my feelings are not matching this. Right, which is why the whole part of like being a follower of Jesus is like working to be more like him mm-hmm. because we are not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and the, you know, the, the suffering and stuff is part of that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one thing that we really need to remember, cause we always overestimate this is that our capacity to know and understand and judge is so much more limited than we estimate. Yeah. Well, it doesn't help that we like, you know, think we have a huge capacity to understand Yeah. So when we say questions like, how can a good God allow this to happen? Like we're implying that we have more compassion and good judgment than God. Like (laughs) the implication in that question is that if we were God, we would make a more compassionate decision. We would make a right decision. Right. Then he's not. Then the righteous God who doesn't smite us every single minute of our lives because of all of the sinful things that we've done. Yeah. Yeah, But I mean, I understand like in a position of suffering, it's, it's easy to ask that question, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. But we underestimate the power of God, the compassion of God, the love of God, the grace of God. We are so loved by God that he took on flesh and was born as a baby. He emptied himself and lived our lives and died for our sins. I love like um, the picture that C.S. Lewis paints in Mere Christianity of this. He says, the eternal being who knows everything and who created the whole universe became not only a man, but before that a baby 
And before that, a fetus inside a woman's body. If you want to get the hang of it, think of how you would like to become a slug or a crab. Yeah. And I just think for a second, like, do I want to become a slug? And I'm like, no, not for a second <laughs> would I want to be a slug. Yeah. And of course, that's just a tiny analogy compared to like what God actually did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the slug is like really appropriate because think of all the things that you can do as a person compared to a slug. Like, I know we're not like we're not omnipotent or uh, om, you know omniscient or uh, omnipresent or anything, but like. We've got thumbs. I know. I'm like, we, we have can arms. Walk. We can <laughs> We can. We can travel great distances. Like, I really like my arms. Yeah, they're pretty sweet. I would sweet. miss them as yeah. a slug. Oh, slugs can't hug. Just throwing <laughs> that out there. Um, I should put that as a quote in there. People <laughs> be like, what? This is supposed to be out why we suffer. <laughs> slugs can't hug. Um, so, yeah, it's like that That kind of emptying. Like, you're... you. Yeah. We would we would be giving up so much to become a slug. Right. And this is a all-powerful infinite god who emptied himself to become a fully man. So. Yeah, and then another thing about God's love for us, I mean he he became Jesus became flesh. God wants to live with us forever like he decided that he could have set up like this cool place for us that humans would like and just leave us there but he actually has planned a future with him he will live among us and we will be his people that's his desire i mean that's it's pretty great pretty extreme yeah so when we and i know it's so hard because i've been in suffering and i know i haven't been in suffering like some people have been in suffering but like i know that it can be hard to be feel like god loves you in the midst of a really dark time. Yeah. But the fact is, he really, really loves us and cares for us intimately. And we just can't, like our brains just can't fathom it. The Psalms, Psalm 139, 12 says, even the darkness is not dark to you. Even the night is as bright as day. Isn't that cool? I love that. Yeah. Even the darkness is not dark to you. Because darkness like to us <laughs> yeah. you know there you know there there might be some like moonlit nights or like if you're out there for a while and your eyes adjust like you can see some things but all those dark shadows that you don't know what's there like mm-hmm. it's just as if it were in the middle of the day to him yeah and then i think we could even take it further and talk about like darkness as like evil like that's not even a thing like we know we're so scared of like the power of darkness and evil and it's not even a thing to god he's not yeah it's not no like no power yeah yeah. um and one more thing to consider when we're thinking about our limited understanding and our limited understanding of our ability and our limited understanding of god's love is also that maybe the healing that we're asking for the the freedom from our suffering like isn't even the healing that we need Um, I'm going to recommend, and I'm going to read a couple quotes from this book by Sarah Clarkson called this beautiful truth, how God's goodness breaks into our darkness. Um, I really enjoyed this book. Anyway, one of her quotes says the healing kind of power is not the sort we've been taught to respect by existence in a fallen world where power just means brute force. We want the swift, the visible illnesses zapped away, money in our hands, brilliant doctors, prosperous lives, 
conversion stories by the thousands. We crave visibility and approbation and health and big crowds to make us feel important enough to forget the frail selves we used to be. And so we have this picture of like how we want God to come in and save us in this big visible way. And then she suggests that when God works and he comes to heal, it may look different than what we imagined, but his goodness is always on its way. Good is always being crafted for us and we are being led step by step into its light. He works and weaves a beauty that we can't imagine. <laughs> Craig's nodding. Yeah. It doesn't come out. <laughs> nodding doesn't come out on the mic. I guess I could bump my head into the mic so you know I'm nodding. <laughs> I don't know if that's, <laughs> that's how it would come across. No, it just sound like I'm bumping into the mic. Um, I'm going to recommend another resource that was really great. And, and I was almost like, we could just do this. There's, we could just do this for the podcast, but then it wouldn't be a thing. Um, Eugene Peterson has a book called um, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. I think I even mentioned it last podcast. You did. I did. It's really, really good. And there's part on suffering there. And he goes through, um, he goes through a psalm. I think it's Psalm 130, but I'm checking. Yeah, he goes through one's Psalm 130 in one of his chapters and talks about suffering and all kinds of aspects of it and God's dignity in our suffering. And there's so much goodness in there um, about waiting, waiting for God and about how to respond to suffering, which is crying out to God. And there's, like I said, there's so much there we could just do the whole podcast on it, but then that would just be, you know, not our podcast, but Eugene Peterson's podcast, which would probably be a better one. But, <laughs> um, you know, God has called us to do our little, our little thing as well. Anyway, highly recommend that. And it's Psalm one thirty. There's a lot to pull out as well for like how we can suffer, and and crying out to God and how we suffer. Do you think we're ready to move to how we're to suffer? Sure. <laughs> so. We've kind of talked about this before, and it's a lot of it's like what we would think, but the idea of crying out to God in our suffering, that's the answer. Um, I love this quote from Harriet Tubman. She says, Lord, I'm going to hold steady onto you, and you're going to see us through. And there are so many examples of like amazing examples of Christians who have suffered like these really difficult sufferings and like in a wonderful way, like in such a good example. Um, I think it's so helpful to like read those stories of like Christians gone before us and like missionary stories and stuff like that, just to inspire and feel like you're not the only one and that it suffering can be endured kind of thing. And it's also really encouraging to see, you know, like what one or like a few people who are really um, dedicated and willing to not give up in the face of adversity can accomplish um, in some of them just from the stories that I've heard. Like it's not even necessarily something that's accomplished in their lifetime through their efforts at the time. It's fruit that comes later. Yeah. Um, and you can just see, I, I can't remember names very well, but the, the, there was a missionary and he had like the one boy who like, followed him around the entire time he was there and he never had like one convert and they called him home. And then that boy like went on to evangelize to 
That's cool. I don't remember the name either. But yeah, it's like the the idea of the communion of saints. I mean, there are so many saints who've died, and I, I use saints to mean just like Christians, but um, who've died who have influenced me and like helped me grow, and like they would never know that because they are dead. But like from reading their books or their experiences, um, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's cool yeah. how, I mean, we are one body and we're supposed to be helping each other. It's cool how God uses other people. Anyway, I think that can be really encouraging. So we're talking about how are we supposed to suffer? And the story just automatically came to mind because it was so such a standout story. So Corey Ten Boom, you probably are familiar with her. She was... A Christian who lived during World War II and her family hid Jewish people in their house and somebody actually like told on them and their family was arrested and she and her sister I don't remember if at this point like I think maybe her brother and her dad had died at that point maybe not but anyway she and her sister were like taken into a concentration camp and they were shown their um, like barracks. There's a, they were like these wooden sleeping platforms. She wrote the book, The Hiding Place, by the way. That's prop. That's like what she's best known for. Um, but anyway, in this story, she's she and her sister are taken into the barracks, and they have these like tiny platforms that are like dirty, and there's like straw on top of them, and you couldn't sit up on your bed. And they just arrived by train with all these other prisoners, and they were just like exhausted. And they crawl onto the platform, other like little sleeping platform, and Corey immediately like recognized there were fleas like all over the straw mm. that they were gonna be on. And she said to her sister, like, I don't know how I can like I don't know how I can cope like living in this situation with these fleas. And her sister Betsy said, Corey, I think God has already given us the answer. What was in the verse we read from the Bible this morning? So they had like a hidden Bible. And they pulled it out and they read from First Thessalonians, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Wow. Right? In a concentration camp. Wow. Yeah. And actually, Corey like, said, oh, it's too hard to do in a place like this. And she's like, no, we have to think of things we're thankful for. I love that story for some, I mean, that is not like where my brain goes, but like in some ways when we say, how do we endure suffering? It's like, as if the answer isn't already there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what are we supposed to do in this place? Well, I mean, the same thing we're always supposed to do, right? Like, I mean, obviously cry out to God for help, but other things like that. And then the, the story is kind of cool because um, they they were thankful for a couple things, like that they were together and they were alive and blah, blah, blah. And, but but Corey said she can't, th- can't thank God for the fleas. She just couldn't. And they ended up finding out that... Um, like they had this little Bible that they were hiding in one of their shirts and they ended up read, they were reading it aloud like every night and more and more women were listening. And then other women would come from the barracks and they ended up reading the Bible to like so many women over all this time. And the soldiers who were in charge of the concentration camp, like never came into their barracks. Like they were always concerned they were going to get trouble for reading the Bible because they weren't supposed to have it. They never came into it. And then they learned that the reason that they didn't come into that barracks is because it had fleas. And so, oh, wow. so Corey was like, okay, like now I can thank God for the fleas. Wow. Anyway, <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like stories like that, that obviously suffering is really, really hard, but like you do get like a little bit of 
I don't know. <laughs> just a little bit. You can go like a little bit more hearing like a story like that. Do you know what I mean? Like somebody else like did something really hard and they tried to thank God in their difficult circumstances. Like maybe I can try that and it, you can move like just a small step forward. Yeah. Um, you can always try. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Bible does tell us how we should suffer. We're to call out to God in our suffering. God is always there. We've talked about that a lot. And we suffer with a hope. We know the end story. We know it'll all be made right and that Jesus is coming for us. And Romans 5 even tells us, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance character and character hope. And hope does not disappoint because of the love of God has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. And I like I felt compelled to put that on there because that's what the Bible says about suffering. But as somebody who has suffered, that's usually not my like experience is going, okay, well, I want to rejoice in this, but that's what scripture says. So maybe I'm just not there yet. Yeah. And it also like you know, this particular Romans passage also tells you like what suffering will, uh, reap in you, um, that, you know, you're going to, the end result is hope, um, which, um, you know, is a very important part of the Christian walk, but also just critical to getting through life. Um, hope can get you through a lot of things. Yeah. So let's move on to how we should respond as a church. I think one of the ways that we often come short in suffering, like in responding to other suffering, is trying to answer people's why when that's not really our job. Yeah. Most of the time we don't actually know why someone else is suffering. I mean, oftentimes God doesn't tell us why we're suffering, so I'm not really yeah. sure why God would tell us why someone else is suffering. As I was going to say, we don't, we usually have no mastery of our own cause for suffering let alone someone whose life we don't even know really but like i've heard lots of people sharing things that maybe they didn't actually know about well they're just it's platitudes to make themselves feel better that they helped in some way i think also like most of the time people don't actually want to know why like they're not looking for somebody to tell them why they want comfort from someone else or help, or sympathy. Yeah, well, as we talked about two podcasts ago now, like, they want someone to sit yeah. and listen. Yeah, like the presence. Yeah, they mm-hmm. want the presence of someone. As we talked about in Job, like, his friends did a great job until they started talking. Mm-hmm. They were doing great, and then they spoke. So, just keep your platitudes yeah i was thinking like we need to be careful not to try to tie a bow on someone else's suffering or like give them some kind of canned response you yeah. know what i mean like we it can dress be, like, it up oh, yeah it, we're done with that yeah i did a good job with that i hope they enjoyed that yeah and i think i'm sure that's like not our intention but i think like you said like presence or like bearing their suffering in some way or even just like sympathy sometimes you want somebody to just be like that sounds really hard i'm really sorry that you're struggling with that. Yeah. I mean, sometimes for me, that goes a long way. I'm like, thank you. I thought it was hard. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that sucks. <laughs> thank you. Yes, it does. 
Yeah. I'm, I appreciate that you acknowledged how much this is terrible for me. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes even when we're trying to share why it can actually do more damage than good. Um, I know I can specifically like quote something that someone said to me when we were going through some significant suffering that, that didn't make any sense at all. And they didn't really know me, but they wanted to share why they thought God was doing that. And obviously like it's, you know, it sticks in my brain. Um, (laughs) don't bring my problems near that person again. (laughs) like i wasn't asking for anything but anyway (laughs) so sarah clarkson addresses this too in her book the book i mentioned earlier this beautiful truth she had the same experience um and she suggests that a solid answer is no bad thing but an answer cannot stand in place of god nor fill the ravenous need of an aching soul and if we cannot answer a question without doing violence to god's loveliness or obscuring the extravagance of his beauty then I wonder whether that question is one we can answer this side of all healing of all things. I think that's good advice. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to, as she said, do violence to, um, do violence to God. Is that what it was? Yeah. Like God's loveliness and his beauty. Yeah, Cause yeah. I think that we also can do that too. If we simplify, Oh, well, so that you'll learn the lesson or be able to help somebody else with the same problem. It's like, I mean, maybe there's something way more beautiful than that. And we're just kind of like trying to give our human reason to it. I mean, God doesn't require us to have it figured out. (laughs) Yeah. Um, God's mystery and we're not supposed to master him. Like there is a reason that he hasn't shared everything with us, even if we could understand. Um, Do you want to read from Isaiah 55? Sure. And I just remembered that in a previous podcast, I said the, you know, that, Your suffering may be because he's preparing you for something else. Anyway, it's non-specific, non-specific statement. Well, I think God can use our suffering, like for sure. Yeah. To prepare us and to help others. I'm just suggesting we be careful what we say to other people or like try to. Yeah. In the moment. That's mostly listening. Okay. Isaiah 55. Eight through nine. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my, your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so were my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Um, in First Corinthians, it says, This foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans, and God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. So we aren't supposed to figure it all out. He knows that. Yeah. He doesn't expect that of us. So what are we supposed to do as a church? I, it, <laughs> a lot of it's the same thing that we're called to do all the time. So I wrote down a whole bunch of stuff. We're called to bear one another's burdens. We're called to weep with those who weep, grieve with those who grieve. We're called to help the sick, to care for widows and orphans, hold fast to what is true, consider others more important than ourselves. I mean, we can carry, like continue, right? The same things that, that God always requires of us, right? Yeah, you can do those things like in all circumstances, basically. Yeah, and then of course we're one body, and First Corinthians twelve says that if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. I think it can really be easily to, easy to isolate ourselves, and I think this is easy for me to do, and probably you, as an introvert, the person who said they don't want to, that they're nice to say hi to someone in the hallway or whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
it can be easy to isolate ourselves like both when we're suffering or like I guess not fully participate in other people's suffering not be the body for other people sometimes do you think or I don't need to put it on you I know for me it can be hard to to enter into the community that I should be like weeping with those who weep and suffering with those who suffer or even like participating in the body when I'm suffering and having asking other people to help me and that kind of thing. Yeah. Primarily just because I don't like, it takes me a while to open up to people to the point where I would even be sharing those kind of difficulties in my own life with someone. Um, and you know, by extension, because I don't know people well, my default uh, interaction is not interacting. Uh, if I don't, you know, I don't have anything to say to you, whatever, I, I'm not big on small talk. So my interaction level in the community is really, really low. I'm working on it. Yeah. We're in a small group. I'm making friends. <laughs> um, but it takes me a while to to get the ball rolling on fellowship and community and um, getting to the point where I can talk to people about, mm-hmm. you know, oh, how's, how's your dad doing? How's mm-hmm. your, how's your sister-in-law with, you mm-hmm. know, et cetera. Um, once I get there, I, you know, I, I try to do a decent job of following up on the things that people have told me, but yeah it's a good reminder like the way you phrased it helped me think that it that's something we do all the time whether we're in a period of suffering or our friends are like our community is in a period of suffering or not because that being one body for each other is is an all the time kind of thing yeah it's in the good and the bad mm-hmm. um that you know you you won't be in a position to find out about the suffering and be a good listener if you haven't been there in the good and sharing in the joy. So. What should we share for our final bright spot for the hope and suffering to leave people with hope who are suffering right now? Christ lived a sinless life, died on the cross for our sins so that our Heavenly Father delights when we call out to him in our pain and suffering, in our joys and sorrow, in uh, in good times and bad. He just wants us to be with him, to be to draw near to him in all things, at all times, for all reasons. To come when him to come to him when we're mad, to come to him when we're happy. He just wants us with him forever. That's beautiful, Greg. (laughs) (laughs) It is because that is God's. That's true. That's how he loves us. It helps me through my days. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, see how much our heavenly father loves us. For he calls us his children. And that is what we are. I love that. Yeah. That's straight out of the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Let's do a benediction and send people on their way. Okay. 
God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in distress. The Lord of hosts is with us. Our stronghold is the God of Jacob. Psalm 46. Thanks for listening. We appreciate all of our listeners and are praying for you. If you'll take two minutes to rate and review our baby podcast, we would be so grateful. For more info on today's episode, head to theologymeetsreality.com. Until next time, follow Christ, not culture.